Welcome back. It's Locked On Chiefs and a brand new week here on the Locked On Podcast Network, also here on YouTube. If you are new, like and sub over there. And for all of you that are subscribed on the auto channels, we're glad that you're back because it's getting really close now. We can see the report date. It is right around the corner. We're going to talk about a number of things related to that. Right? I was getting there. Sorry. Chris is a little excited and so am I. We're going to get into a number of those as well as what the expectation is around the league for the Chiefs in a number of ways. Specifically today, we're going to look at what the thoughts are about the offensive line. This is going to be a big theme in coming weeks. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Little, little fired up, are you? Training camp is finally here. Like I've got, to, I've got a lot to be excited about. I'm actually moving later this week, uh, and close on a house on Monday. I just a lot to be excited about. So I apologize. My excitement is getting the better of me. <laughs> For those of you that say I don't have a show in emotion, guess what? Here's your show. <laughs> Especially considering we're talking about the Chiefs' offensive line and some completely stupid takes. Yeah, there are a number of them out from there. a large network. That's what drives me the most nuts the most. Well, and that's the thing. I, I think the large networks have a lot of people that get a bit carried away. Um, and, and once you get, sometimes when you climb in that that foxhole, you forget about the outside world. And I think that's the case of what's going on here, folks. We're also going to highlight a number of players this week that are specifically keystones to what the Chiefs want to do in trying to get back to another Super Bowl. Uh, it, we're we're past the position reviews. We got to talk about the individuals that need to take steps forward. We're going to do that all week long. So don't miss a show this week as we get ready for the report date. It is quarterbacks on Saturday, is it? Or is it Friday night? Friday. And I I do want to throw out there that uh, the offensive line we're about to talk about is probably going to be included in this list, at least in my opinion. I think there's one player in particular on the offensive line that is dire importance to Patrick Mahomes in the future, and it's not who you would think. Yeah. It's. It's worth discussion as we get ready to see them, and I think that's going to be the big key. But today's main topic, um, you set it up because I'm not sure who wrote it and that kind of thing, but there's a lot of conjecture about what the Chiefs are going to do in protecting Patrick Mahomes and trying to make this run, and I'm not sure everybody's on the right page. Yeah, ESPN has an article from ESPN Plus. Seth Walder from ESPN Analytics wrote it, talking about the top or all the 32 teams and how they rank uh, in their protection of the quarterback. Man, I really don't even know where to start here because, but I'll just go through the list really quick. Cleveland Browns, number one. Green Bay Packers are number two. Arizona Cardinals, number three. Seattle Seahawks, number four, which is kind of a joke to me. Um, Although, we'll see if they get improved because their line has been horrible for years. Buffalo Bills at five and Kansas City at six. Now, at six, I respect that. Uh, they start talking about how there's going to be four new offensive starters. I completely agree with that, although I could say that there's probably going to be five. And I know how you feel about this, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that I won't be shocked if there's three rookies that start at this point, at some point during the season. And to be clear, I still count Niang as a rookie. Fair enough. And that that is a, a major distinction. I would agree with you because for all intents and purposes, 
he definitely is. Zero reps, obviously, with the opt-out. Now, he's been training, so like, maybe a rookie plus is probably what I'd call him, because he at least understands the concept of what they're doing. Like, he understands how the meetings work, those kind of call, things. Call him what you want. I'm just saying, I think he starts at some point this season. And I'm not sure when it's going to be. It may start at the very beginning of the year. But I think he starts at some point this season. Yeah, I, I would hope so. If not, um, I, I think we have to think that something's off. Um, that either the opt-out affected something or something else is going on because at where he was selected, you would expect him to be making a push for that. And quite frankly, uh, what you're talking about is if if they're saying four starters or, or four new players, the one remaining would be Mike Remmers because he got starts last season. And that's really what I think it's going to come down to is can he beat out Remmers? And if he can, more power to him. That's what we expect by the end of the year. Now, there's also an injury factor in there. Nobody stays healthy forever. And so at some point, I think he's going to get an opportunity, Lucas Niang is, to jump into the starting lineup, maybe because of an injury. And it's all going to be about that particular league when he takes that by the reins and takes over. Yeah, and I do think that that's going to be a big game whenever that is. And, and like I said, I don't know when that's going to be. We obviously will have to wait and see how things play out in the preseason. We may know going into the season that Niang is going to be the starter. We just don't know right now. Uh, a lot of training camp to go through, and obviously, like I said, you know, when this show started, starts Friday, get excited. <clears throat> so, ball is almost back. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well break out the pom poms. We're pretty pretty excited here for a uh, a Sunday afternoon. We're recording for you on Monday, and yep. we're going to get into the details about who those players are and w- what goes into this evaluation that has been done. I am a defender of analytics. Up to a certain point, we're going to talk about that as well. But, you know, we have some other things that we have to tell you about. Do you ever like or do you look for protein bars that you really enjoy? Thank you, Ryan, for showing it off. Bill Bar is definitely the choice that you need to make when it comes to protein bars. They are absolutely delicious. I love eating Bill Bars. They taste great. Uh, they are very tasty. They are chocolate and they melt in your mouth for the most part. Uh, nine different flavors, coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolates. And you're looking at flavors that are limited time flavors that Ryan's showing off right now. Oh, maybe. And and what, what yeah, I can't really see that very well. There you go, grasshopper cookie. Oh, no, that's the toffee almond. Uh-huh. Yeah, you like that one too, don't you? That's that's growing on me quickly. Yep. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs in all the bars. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Bill Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to built.com, new website, built.com, and use promo code locked on, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. That's always a change. Um, I'm remembering to do that, though, because I'm ordering them so quickly, my kids go through them faster than I can keep up, to tell you the truth. Yeah. It's just one of those. Kind of way that works, isn't it? Yeah. And faster than I can keep up is something that I think ESPN is doing. And this, th- we got to boil this down because, again, I'm a guy that is a proponent of analytics in using it to get into details that aren't readily visual to you, that watching ball games and watching film doesn't pop out at yeah and let's just start with where i think the obvious is the obvious correct calls for espnr right now on the offensive line well, orlando t- brown 
<clears throat> yeah, go, let's go through all the calls. What well, the- we will, but I, let's start with the ones we agree with. Orlando Brown is the left tackle. I have no question about that at all whatsoever. He's going to be a starting left tackle for Kansas City this season. That is what they traded for him for. Joe Tooney is going to be the left guard. No question at all in my mind on that. Right. So they have the left side of their line figured out. I don't think that that's going to be anything that anybody would be questioning at this point. So we both completely agree with ESPN there. Austin Blythe is who they have as their starting center. And say what you want, because you and I talked about this before we started the show, and you asked maybe they're not taking into account any rookies. Well, in the number two offensive line, they have Josh Myers, who plays for the Green Bay Packers. So they're just not paying attention because Blythe is not even running first team before you get to training camp. I cannot see a situation where – you don't have Creed Humphrey as your starter as the center when the season starts. And that comes back to, again, to, we probably need to explain how this was set up. This is based on some specific analytical pieces that go into player performance. And it, if you are the writer of this, and I respect Seth Waller what he's done. Um, I think this is, again, not being informed as to what the coaching staff's evaluation is. This is just looking at performance statistics. And unfortunately, if you don't have that context and you don't have what's going on in the meeting rooms and the fact that Andy Heck certainly has placed Creed Humphrey in that role from day one after the draft, that plays a a huge impact. You can go by any stat that Blythe has because he has been a successful player at both center and guard in this league. So that's perfectly good. And I like him as depth. Don't get me wrong. I, I like that they have him on the team because they certainly need a second center on this team. <clears throat> that said, I think ignoring the fact that the staff seems to have faith in Creed Humphrey, that, that's a mistake. And that, well, there's no other way to say it. Yeah, if you're not, like, I guess the thing that really drives me nuts with these types of articles is, to me, the guy should have at least reached out to every team writer. Because ESPN has all the teams covered. Right. All you have to ask is, is this guy been running one or two? And then you don't have this issue. Right, and Adam Teicher will will let them know pretty quickly. Um, by the way, no, he's taking zero snaps with the ones. Right now, so, does that actually play in, or or is the article written itself by then? But I mean, here's the here's the bonus out of it, though. Either way, the Chiefs look to be in good shape, and and if there are outside forces that don't know what's going on in the rooms, that feel that he's an adequate starter enough, so when they put him in the lineup, they still rank them as the sixth unit in the league. That's an optimistic thing for whoever is going to be playing that role, and I think that you get a bump from having Green Humphrey in there. No, I would completely agree with that. And I guess what I would argue and, and the thing that I will say, I want to talk about Creed Humphrey more later this week because, mm-hmm. to me, he is the guy that is the key on this Chiefs offensive line. Don't get me wrong, Orlando Brown is going to play a huge piece on this offensive line, but you already kind of know what you have from him. You have an, a good idea. Obviously, it's going to be a new system for him. So it's going to be something he's going to have to figure out. But to me, Kansas City has been so weak in the interior of the offensive line, and it's all started at center over the past couple seasons. And Mahomes having somebody he can trust and somebody that can command that center position for hopefully the next 10 years while Mahomes is going through his entire contract, his $500 million contract, would be a boon for Kansas City and their offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, that's a pair. You can you can think of guys in the league that have gone through that and made that successful. It's one of those deals. If there's a hiccup, I, I could deal with with ESPN being right on this one because, like you said, the depth of having a player of that caliber as your backup allows you to withstand attrition. And no rookie is ever a hundred percent adaptable. Like somebody's going to have an injury at some point. Somebody's going to have, you know, a, a bad game at some point. It's going to happen. Uh, if there were perfect players, then the same team would win the championship every year, regardless of whether you have a MCL tear or not. Anyway, it's a different story. Uh, <laughs> Man, I, I got to say really quick, I don't want to digress into that too much. I didn't mean but, to take you down the road. No, but, but that is going to be a big key going forward in the season, in my opinion, is is the NFL going to actually step in and do anything? Because if you're if that's reality and he actually played with a torn MCL the entire season, the Bucks shouldn't have picks next year. Some they should be losing draft picks. Right. That they're is un- completely against the rules and that is cheating. Yeah. There are there are a number of internal rules about disclosure of injuries that were broken if that is the case. Can they prove that? I don't know. It does make things interesting, though, about uh, whether it was the environment in New England or whether there were some people involved with uh, some of the secrets that were kept and things that were done. Yep. Ah, and we are going to digress, but we, we have two more positions to cover about what this all means and the breakdown. We're going to do that coming up next, and you can bet that we're going to get to all of it, just like you bet on betonline.ag for the fastest and easiest way to place all your sports action. If there's a bunch going on right now. I know there's finals in the NBA. I know there's UFC fights that may or may not be paying off in the direction that you expected. There's a lot yep. out there. There's but a lot going on. Don't miss your next chance, the next pitch, the next snap, whatever you're looking for. Great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. You can get it all over at betonline.ag. Getting tongue-tied here. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your shot. Head over to the website now. That's betonline.ag and use our promo code locked on for 50% bonus on your deposit. You put $100 in, you get 50 on top of it from betonline.ag. Go check them out. Your online sports book experts. They're more expert in betting than I am at reading their name, evidently. Um, Absolutely. That I that's that. not saying much, but uh, at least you're not trying to type it. So there we go. Right. Um, right. And I know we got to talk about the, the right guard and the right tackle, and we'll get there in just a second. I just want to throw this out because I just saw this tweet. Uh, Tony Pauline, I respect his opinion. Pro Football Network has been putting out their top 100 players of the 2021 season. This fits in. Joe Tooney is number 100. Hmm. A guard makes the top 100. I For Kansas City, that's impressive to me. I And, you know, Laramie Tunsil's 97. So give you an idea as to how they rank them, I'd say that Joe is pretty high up there. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. And Tony's not known for uh... – you know, placing linemen in list with skill players. So, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> BFN's doing a good job. Tony has always been an interesting take on the draft classes for years and years and years. So, um, hopefully, we'll see that that comes to fruition because, quite frankly, Tony needs to be a player of that caliber given what they're paying him, given that they reset the market for him, given that. Well, and you look at putting him next to Orlando Brown, that should solidify your left side of your off the line completely. Yeah, and that gives you the ability to put in a center that's a rookie. It does. So the question becomes, what does that give you the ability to do if you have a rookie starting at center? Can you really start another rookie at right guard and another rookie at right tackle? That's for all the purposes of right tackle. 
Right. <clears throat> I, and for me, I would say, like we discussed earlier, I think the tackle's the more um, natural competition. No, absolutely. Gets there, gets there. No, absolutely. I'm with you on that. I just I want to throw it out there that it would not shock me to see Trey Smith start at least one game this year. Okay, so you're not talking about week one. You're talking about no. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. You start talking about attrition, and you start looking at these players. You know, Long already got hurt once. LDT is coming back. Um, he's been hurt the past couple of seasons. He actually played. So to me, it wouldn't shock me to see Trey Smith get some significant snaps at some point. I agree. <clears throat> I actually think that. And maybe he does start. I, I maybe he. I'm not going to say the season, but I, maybe he does take over at some point in the season and, and starts for the rest of the year. I well, he know. may. He's got a transition to make, but he may right. absolutely. I don't think it's going to be week one because I think the return of Kyle Long together with LDT. Now those are two players that are both I think over thirty at this point. I know, I know LDT is. That becomes well, difficult to to manage. I think. Well, and the question with that is is. I mean, by default, he could end up starting week one. I guess that is true. I mean, you know, we haven't talked about injuries with any of these guys, and obviously we're talking as long as everybody's healthy. With injuries, maybe he is forced to start. That is probably the most likely scenario for him to start a game before, say, week eight is my thought. Because how long's 33 at this point? Yes, yeah. he's a former All-Pro. Um, let's see. LDT just turned 30. So he he has broken the barrier. That's significant. And so, like when you're when you have those two guys, um, and LDT honestly with the bigger contract, he's four point seven five against the cap this year. Yeah. Uh, a rookie would have to beat him out pretty soundly in order to be there, unless the age catches up with both of those guys. And I just want to argue really quick. I will say I don't think he has to beat him out soundly. I think no. he just has to beat him. And the reason I say that is because to me. If you're looking at the situation of does he beat LDT or not, if you don't think LDT is going to be here next year, there is way more value in Trey Smith playing the entire season and getting the experience than there would be LDT playing. Yes, but it also goes along with risk. Until he's acclimated, I can't see them taking that risk with Mahomes. We've seen what happens with A-gap pressure. That's true. That's very true, and and you're absolutely right in that. And I guess the one thing I would say is that I think Creed Humphrey will help that in some regards because Ryder isn't there anymore, so you're not going to have as big of a weakness in the middle. You still may have a little bit of some getting used to with the rookie and Humphrey uh, trying to get in there and, and take over that position, but I think that you're going to be in a better spot with Humphrey than you were at any point last year with Ryder. I, I have to feel so. Even, even if beaten initially, I think he's got a better recovery aspect. Um, I mean, there's a reason Austin Ryder's still out there, folks. So let's not let's not confuse everything. I'm 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 interested as well in whether that the staff feels the risk of two rookies like is more than just it's not one plus one in terms of you know trying to add up right. to five, right? Like it, it grows exponentially when teams will then attack that a gap between the two of them. No, and that absolutely could happen, and, and you're, you've got a great point. Uh, the question becomes is, you know, if he gets in there for two or three games and he has to play because of injuries, is he going to give the job up? Because at that point, he would have been acclimated. So, I mean, there's only so much you can do uh, to, to try to protect him, and if he ends up having to be in there for a couple of games because of injuries, then at that point, why would you take him back out as long as he's playing better than or at least as good as 
the guy before him was. Yeah, very good point. So, I, to me, the whole reason I bring up this ESPN article and the whole reason that it annoys me is because it is shoddy reporting to even look at this Chiefs offensive line and say that there's not going to be one rookie start. And I would venture to say that it's more likely that there's going to be two rookies that start significant snaps this season, regardless of, you know, and if you want to count rookie plus, go right ahead, count rookie plus. Uh <laughs> I, but I'm I'm still of the opinion two rookies will have significant steps on the Chiefs' offensive line as starters this season. Just to be clear, what what is your uh, your bar for significant snaps? Because for me, it's fifty percent of the positional snaps. I would go thirty three percent, and the reason yep. I go thirty three percent is because if you start taking over because of injury, then maybe it's later in the season. Okay, um, but to me, I think Humphrey is going to be close to a hundred percent. So, I mean, to me, it kind of evens out between the two. Yeah. Um, It's definitely going to be something that we got to keep an eye on because it's going to be fluid. You know, the other thing that I'm going to be really excited about is even if they don't start Trey Smith, I expect to see him on the field. I expect that they're going to use him as a sixth offensive lineman at times. And I, you will see me smile no wider than when that happens. I'm sure. Like, I have a whole package of plays, Andy. If you want a little spark, I got some. Yeah, um, please don't call Ryan because he'll have both Trey Smith and the fullback on the field. And and Noah. Yeah. Oh, Noah, I was figuring there was going to be another offensive lineman. I figured you're going to go so, seven offensive line and a now, fullback. Now you got to have the thread out there. You got to. <laughs> yeah. But H, fullback, tail, and then you RPO and option off of that, psh, unbeatable. I'll, I'll run it all day long. Don't call him Randy. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. This this line's going to have its hands full, though, and it is going to be a work in progress. We will see them progress, and we will see the lineup change, whether it's for injury or other reasons. So that's where we're at today. We're going to get into the rest of this week. Um, I'm going to call it keystones. Chiefs keystones are the players that we have to see be pillars on this roster, especially given where they are right now a couple of days before the rookies and quarterbacks report. We hope you guys are looking as forward to it as we are. Clearly, Chris is pumped up today. We'll have more for you. We appreciate your time. Make sure you like, sub on YouTube, and hit those iTunes reviews for us on the audio side. We will talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.